Get the duck boats ready. Get the duck boats ready. We got the cup. Duck and yellow, duck and yellow. You want to talk about a team? This is a team. You guys wanted it. We got it. Let's have some fun. Cue the memories presented by Bud Light. What's up, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light, the celebration of the 2011 Boston Bruins. Ten years later, still crazy, continues. Andrew Ferentz, hello again. Hello, Russo. How you doing, buddy? Not bad, not bad. We got another one of your fellow Blue Liners today, Andy. Uh, Mr. Dennis Seidenberg will join us. What do you remember about 44? Well, like most defensemen, uh, the smartest guys on the team. So, you know, very bright guy. Uh, lots of brains on the back end. Uh, but you know what? Like sides is, um, I was actually having a little laugh with myself um, as I was trying to think of what I was going to say about sides because we used to give him a hard time. Sides is this kind of straightforward German guy. And I hate to like put him in a box with every other person from Germany <laughs> just for a whole nation, just kind of sum up, uh, you know, what kind of personality he is. But he was just a very straightforward German dude who was ripped. Like, Dude was strong. Like, if you saw him in the gym, you know, we had some strong guys. Obviously, Z had a lot of uh, legendary things at the at training camp, you know, with the pull-ups and all that. Um, but as far as guys that were just super strong, super built, and loved to work out, like, that's what I think of as sides. And, and obviously, he was a lot more than just that. But we used to give him a hard time, so I was laughing earlier just because uh, there used to be a commercial in Boston for some fitness club or whatever, and it was like this guy was like, I pick things up, I put them down. <laughs> and it was just like, we used to like say that to, to sides and, and kind of give him a hard time about that. But that's what he did. He picked things up, he put them down, he got huge, and then he just dominated guys on the ice. And obviously being Z's partner, you automatically look small, like a lot smaller than you are. Having stood beside him for many national anthems, you feel like a little kid. So sides probably didn't get his full due of just how big and strong he was. I think of him sort of like Quater, like nicest guy, quiet, sort of off the ice, but then complete beast on the ice. Like when I first started full time, like he was the first guy I met and he was like, so he was so nice. He was so welcoming. Like he said, oh yeah, I've seen you around as when I was an intern and stuff. Like he was just so personable, such, such a nice guy and down to earth. And then he would go out on the ice and completely throw someone down in front of the net like he did in the Stanley Cup final. So that's what I think of when I think of uh, Dennis Seidenberg and of course playing along Z during that run. And I can still hear those T-blades digging into the ice. He was so strong and would toss guys around. And we've touched on this, I guess, about this team uh, in previous uh, episodes about how much it ran on emotion and like, you know, just that drama almost that we needed to, to get to our full potential. Sides was actually an exception to that. He was just super strong, would physically dominate guys, but he never really got too worked up. And never got like that kind of rage, <laughs> rage mode. He was just kind of like that. That was just his style. He was super strong, uh, physically dominant, but would never be the one yelling in the room or on the bench or getting too worked up or getting, he, he had a calming effect. And, and it was actually, you know, great, especially from a top pairing that plays so many minutes. You know, you don't want those guys to be basket cases. <laughs> well, we'll ask him about that. We'll ask him about those T-Blades too, right after this on Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light. Cue the Memories, brought to you by Bud Light. Score exclusive merch and more at BudLightLegends.com. And we're back on Cue the Memories, presented by Bud Light. And we have alongside our special guest for this episode, Dennis Seidenberg. Sides, how you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Sides. Sides and I talked a couple days ago. I gave Pevs uh, on our last episode a hard time for not picking up Lucha's ill-timed FaceTime calls uh, out to the group. But you know who did pick up? 
Dennis Seidenberg picked up. Love that. On on the second on the second try, at first I was I shut the light off. I was gonna go to bed. Uh, I saw the call. I was like, ah. <laughs> I didn't answer the first time, and I was like, okay, I gotta answer. It's too much fun. So I did answer for a few minutes. There's a there's a few softies on the team, then, and and we know that sides is good for a pickup. So that's that's good on you. I got few. I'm missing out. That's why. <laughs> I love how close you guys still are. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it takes a social coordinator. So, we, you know, we have, like I said, we, you know, we've, I think we've mentioned it. It's going to be like the recurring thing on uh, on this on this uh, podcast is how Luch, uh, you know, sends out the random uh, highlights or FaceTimes. But, you know, we have kept in touch and, and it was good to catch up with sides. And I know that, you know, he's got a lot going on. I think we just uh, caught up with you as you're dropping kids off at sports and you're uh, you're busy with life, so maybe you'll start there. Like, what's going on in, in Sides' world, and, and what are you up to? Well, these days, I still got, got a role with the island as I go on the ice with the injured guys. And uh, so that keeps me busy in the mornings when they're at school. I get my workouts in. And then in the afternoon, it's about uh, managing them, taking them to practices. Uh, it's hockey, gymnastics, tennis, soccer, baseball. Spring is a pretty busy time, but it's it's all fun. So I can only imagine some like super young guy on the Islanders showing up in the gym and seeing sides in there. <laughs> Just uh, I, I saw I saw you with your shirt off the other day, and I think you you're just as ripped as you were before. So um, it, it's got to be a bit intimidating for some young kid to come in and just think, "Oh my god, like what? What did I get into?" No, they probably just think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said that uh, you know we we try to remember things, and, and man, you kept yourself in such good shape, and and I know obviously it's going to be probably a big. Uh, a big thing with some of the questions here is just the role that you took on in 2011. But uh, um, I mean, going back, like, did you did you always train hard? It wasn't really crazy at gym gym time in Germany. It was more like I played tennis um, growing up with hockey, and uh, they never really wanted me to lift with tennis. So I was always busy, whether playing tennis, practicing coordination stuff, or or hockey practices. And until I was invited to the under 18 in Germany, we did the bench press test. And um, some guys put up one 225, 205, whatever. So I'm up and I could barely push 135. And I was so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, man, I know the feeling. And I think that that's the first, uh, first time I, I decided I got to start lifting. I still play tennis at that point. But I, I, I got to start lifting, just getting stronger. And then I got to Philly. And uh, they told me I got to get heavier. I got to get stronger. Back then, it was about size. So that's when I really picked up the heavy lifting and tried to get put some pounds on and just uh, become stronger. Were there any, like, tennis matches during 2011? Were you taking anybody on, or was it all hockey? I think at some point we kind of rallied a little bit. but uh, I saw you in Vermont. You played in Vermont, didn't you, during our... Uh, uh training camp excursion i think i did but nobody really qualified to, to play against me so i didn't even bother um <laughs> <laughs> no just just kidding i think tuka is actually a decent player and, and kretsch can play i can rally with them but it's not it wouldn't be really a good competition yeah, i love it I love that. <laughs> the, the czech guys are pretty good actually they're usually really good at, uh, at tennis yeah they are Fast forward a little bit here, Fair, to the 2010-11 season sides. Uh, I know you, you had missed the playoffs the year before, so you know everything happens in that Philly series. You're watching. Uh, how difficult was that? And then how excited were you for the opportunity the next season to come back fully healthy? Well, I just got traded uh, the season before from Florida. Um, I, I played, I think, 11 
uh, even maybe a couple more games with the, with my new team, the Bruins. Uh, and I got a lot of ice time. I, I felt well. And then against Toronto, I got my my wrist sliced uh, sliced open uh, from Kuhlman. Um So that was a, a dagger. Um, everybody was looking forward to get to the playoffs and, and uh, playoffs, as everybody knows, is the most fun time. So it was tough uh, not being able to play, having to watch. Uh, I've, said, I've said it multiple times that sitting upstairs, I get anxiety because it looks everything looks so easy from up top. You see every passing lane that's open. And then once you get on the ice, you're like, oh, it's not that easy as it looks. <laughs> um, so it was very frustrating. But uh, being able to come back the following season, uh, signing an extension uh, with the Bruins um, was very exciting. And I think everybody was especially the way the, the previous season ended was ready to go and, and to prove everybody wrong that this team uh, can get something done. So the hockey locker room is kind of a funny thing because you'll have some guys that, you know, obviously feel bad when a guy gets injured, but I'm one of those guys and there's a few others too that are super curious. So you'll go into the into where he's getting sewn up or whatever. You'll see the injury. And that was a bad one. I remember, like, what what was the extent of that? Uh, that's that's that slice, as you call it. But it was a little more than a slice. It was that was a deep cut. Did you hit some tendons and stuff? Well, I was in Toronto, we in Toronto and uh, uh, took me to the ER in, in, in Toronto to check if I, if something was sliced, if it, if it caught a tendon. And uh, we went there and they checked it out. Said no, nothing. I got lucky. Nothing was hit or nothing was damaged. So it stitched me back up. Um, I think we got, went to Washington after the game. Uh, I talked to Claude. It was really painful just kind of touching my fingers, you know, when you kind of did do those finger tests. It was really aching in, in my forearm. I said, I, I don't know if I can play. I mean, I can try to uh, take a couple uh, a leaf and maybe mask, <laughs> mask it a little bit. I just didn't take it away. It was still just as strong, the pain, and I couldn't play. So we got back to Boston after that game. I see our hand specialist, um, Dr. Liebman, and uh, he looks at it. He does a strength test, uh, whatever it was back then. Um, and he says, oh, yeah, your tendon is all the way up here. Your t- this, their skate caught the tendon. It's totally, totally, uh, um, how do you say that? Detached. Yeah. Um, okay, the bad news. But it, it is what it is at that point. And uh, I had surgery a couple of days later, and I was fixed. And then a long recovery. Yeah. No, no big deal, eh, Russo? Guys, just uh, patch me up, throw me out there. I'll take a couple of leave with my severed yeah. tendon. Yeah. Severed tendons. Well, I, I so fast forwarding again. Uh, I think one of the biggest turning points, obviously, of the 2011 run, is Game Three, Montreal. You get paired with Z, and the rest is sort of history. Uh, why did you guys work so well together? Do you think? Uh, I think we complemented each other uh, pretty well. Um, I mean, we were both more off on the defensive side of the game. We were both strong players uh, for the most part, keep it simple. And uh, we just enjoyed uh, the competition, having to shut down the, the opposition. And uh, we enjoy the physical battle that comes along with it. And that's probably, I'd say, why we... we, we uh, we played so well with each other and uh, and were successful. The best compliments I think that I've heard in hockey was from Steve Eisman. We actually played them in a playoff series and he said it was how hard it was to tough. This was back when I was playing with Calgary, but he said it, how hard it was to play against players that play you hard and don't chirp you. Like just, just play you hard, go line up, drop the next puck, 
they play hard again and they don't, they're not sitting there chirping or, you know, doing all the, you know, goofy stuff. They just like shift after shift after shift, just play hard and shut their mouths. And I think like that, that pair of Z and sides, like, you know, I touched, I touched on earlier Russo, just how a lot of us ran on emotion and ran on like, let's get the game crazy. Like we need some, something nuts to happen for, you know, to kind of like engage all the engines. Uh, but that top pairing, like for, for sides and Z, like they're always on and, and they never were the guys that needed that kind of extra, like gas port on the fire. They would just play the opponent so hard. And did you ever chirp in your whole career sides? Like you're a pretty quiet guy out there. Like you, you just literally beat the crap out of guys. Like not like fighting all the time, but just like hitting, hitting, battling in front of the net. And then you lined up the next face off. And I'd be surprised if you ever like chirp somebody. I wasn't winning enough. That's why. Nah. <laughs> uh, so I kind of stayed within myself. Uh, no, but I, I, like you said, I wasn't really uh, too emotional on the ice. Um, it's cerebral. Cerebral is the good name for it. It's uh, you just like man. You just every time it's just over and over and over. And I'm saying it's a nightmare to play against because you almost want somebody to chirp you. <laughs> just like at some point, it's like please, I just need to know you're human and not a machine. Well, you know. <laughs> You know, that's what I think was missing um, the, the couple of years after that when, when we played Chicago. That team was just all business. They weren't getting into the chirping in between the whistles. They were just playing their game. And we were emotional, emotionally involved, but we just couldn't get to a point uh, where we were against Vancouver a couple of years before that, I think. Yeah, that's true. I was, I was going to ask you that a little later, but I'll ask you now. Oh, okay. Sides. Sorry. I, I mean... <laughs> No, no, it's it's a it's a great storyline. Like we talked about it a little bit about poking the bear, and you know, as Andy said, you were sort of cerebral. You, you didn't you know you didn't jump out at guys, but you fought in the Stanley Cup final. I think it was Kessler, right? In in game, it three. was a wrestling match. I wouldn't yeah, call it a fight. But but the fact that you you know you did drop the gloves, and then in game four you had the big hit on Airhoff. And then you you pulled Burrows down in front of the net when Timmy went at him. I mean, how much did they they get to you guys, and, and why was that uh, important in that series that that you know they were the enemy? I think we were just a team that uh, thrived off of that kind of stuff. Like you said, uh, the hit on on Horty. I mean, all that stuff was fuel to the fire. Um, all those little things, the finger biting, uh, it just helped us going forward. And they were the the more talented team. They were the more offensively explosive team, but us uh, or we were just tighter group and, and we backed each other up. And I think that was uh, the main reason why we ended up uh, winning that series. Fair. What was it like for you to, to see, you know, sides drop the gloves? And yeah, maybe it was a wrestling match, but and then he has the big hit in game <laughs> four and pulling the guy down. How much did that, how much did you guys thrive off of each other in that series, sticking up for each other? Yeah, I mean, it's like wrestling a bear. You try to getting a wrestling match with sides for sure it wouldn't be something that i'd want to do but uh i think it was it it was a consistency about it right like and i think to sides point like throughout our whole team like we all basically wanted to play the same way like if you're on the opposing team and you're lining up you weren't like ever able to get a breather you know there's some teams that you play against and you look across and you're like okay like i'm out against you know this line and it's like a time off they're not going to play you as hard you know they're not going to finish your check you know quite as much they're not going to give you a hard time in front of the net quite as much um there's a consistency you know i think and, and i know as a decor like we took a lot of pride in that not just in the playoffs but even throughout you know the whole regular season i think we took pride in a couple things a that we could all kind of mix and match and play with each other and play 
you know, up and down. And, and uh, I think it was, uh, you know, a pretty deliberate thing by, by Hoods and, and Claude to make sure that we were all capable of playing with each other. You know, the game's changed a bit, right? Like now you look around and, you know, most decors have a couple skill guys and a couple guys that are, you know, just pure puck movers. Um, you look at ours, like, man, everybody was pretty tough. <laughs> and like, there wasn't a whole lot of time off for, for opposition. Yeah. And, and going back to the, to the Z pairing, like, I think everyone assumes, like, maybe they forget, but they look back and just assume you guys were always together. But, you know, coming together in that Montreal series, what was sort of, you know, the reasoning behind it? And, and what was, what was the game plan there to, to put you guys together sides? What do you remember Claude sort of telling you guys before he put you together? Well, nothing was uh, really working the first two games. We were forcing pucks, we were turning the puck over. We were hurting each other, we were beating each other, basically, to a point where just something needed to be done. Um, and that was me and Z. I mean, I don't think it was planned at all. It was just something needed to be changed. And that's how that pairing uh, uh, came together. And, I mean, it wasn't a lack of motivation in the first couple of games. I think maybe we were, we were a little bit too too excited and too uh, too riled up in order to play our game, but nothing just seemed to uh, go our way, and uh, we were just gripping the stick a little bit too tight, and and that's why Claude changed it up and up working out. So I know like there's always a lot of conversation, you know, during a game after a shift, you know, something happens, there's some tactical conversation on the bench between you and your partner. And I know Z talks a lot, right? Like he's, he's a very, you know, he analyzes, I think every single shift he's out there, right? And all the passes and different yeah. scenarios. So w- was that like a one-way conversation a lot of the time? I mean, are, are, are you, are you similar? Like, were you talking back a lot? Cause to be honest, like as a different pairing, like you don't really pay attention to what the other pairs are doing. <laughs> I just know that yeah. Z talks a lot. So was that a two-way conversation? Well, depends what he said. I mean, there's, all, there's always Z and, and depending on what he said, I just kind of kept quiet or if I felt like uh, I need to say something, I did say something, but uh, I, I'm a guy that analyzes way or overanalyzes everything, maybe more in my head than uh, show, actually showing it. We always talked about, like you said, we analyzed the shift before, we analyzed uh, what could we have done if the, the partner was open um, or if, if I could have made that pass instead of the other pass. It was a two-way uh, street between us and it was... Um, it was, it's nice to, to have somebody that, that talks to you or communicates with you on the ice. Um, we were pretty vocal on the ice as well. And it always helps uh, um, to figure out uh, what the next play is. And I think, uh, like you said, Z was definitely a guy that talks quite a bit. But I think I was just uh, I was talking or asking him just as many questions uh, as you did to me or, 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 or options that he asked for. Yeah, and I think that that's something that a lot of people wouldn't understand that makes a, a deep pairing like, just work and so effective right and i think that that's you know between your two personalities you're very straightforward you're very honest you don't like you know you're not taking it personally if somebody's saying hey you should try this instead of that um and i think you know playing 28 30 minutes a night whatever you're playing half a game with with another top pairing like it's those constant little adjustments right and those you're always just looking for just a fraction of a of an advantage over you know the 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 guys that you're lining up against and and so i think you know, that's something that you wouldn't see as like just a casual fan, right? A casual observer is all those little conversations you had. And I, you know, I'm assuming you guys had them after basically every single shift, but uh, making those tiny little adjustments to find that advantage and, and to, uh, you know, exploit any weakness that you see. No behind the B back then to, to listen in. <laughs> no, not yet. That was a couple of years later, right? Yeah. Fair, you want to talk about uh, game seven? 
I could talk about game seven or I could talk about like how my hearing is still trying to recover from those T blades. I don't know which. <laughs> yes. The T blades. We need to talk about the T blades. Let's talk about the T blades right. before game seven. Oh my God. I just need to get it off like my chest. Like, well, honestly, they're really loud. Like I just got stuck with them. Uh, so I'm, I'm from Germany, Schwenningen, and that's where the team T blades came from. Um, when I was 13, they came out and half the, Pro team and and the and the first and a DL or Bundesliga was called back then was wearing it wearing the T blades and when you're young and you hear something loud and, and colorful and crazy you think it's cool so I wanted to be one of those guys and and I tried them on I, I liked them and I just got used to them and basically stuck with them I, it ended up working out but looking back I think I, I should have made the switch earlier I did switch the last two years of my uh, career and I ended up liking the switch but. It was a little bit too late. Who knows what could have happened if I switched earlier. <laughs> but uh, when I was using them, I was just so content. And I was always a guy that was hesitant to change uh, his gear. Like I never really changed my 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 blades, uh, my, my curve. I never changed the stiffness on my stick. I always stuck with uh, what I've had uh, over the last few years, and that was the same thing with my blades. I guess they sound they sound pretty cool in like an old rink, and you're doing a couple of warm up laps, and you can hear the snap of the ice. And uh, but it's you a little sound bit diff- like you're skating so hard, but you're not. <laughs> a little difficult <laughs> to sneak in the back door <laughs> on the power play. I loved it, sides. I loved the sound. There was almost something like comforting about it. I don't know. Maybe it's the 2011 nostalgia. It makes me think of 2011. I don't know. But what, what's that thing where people on the internet listen to weird sounds? ASMR. You could do like T-Blade ASMR. That's a thing. From sound fetishes on the internet to game seven uh, of the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, Sides, by that time, you'd played probably like 8,000 minutes of hockey in the playoffs (laughs) between you and Z. I think, uh, you know, the statisticians will probably know better than I do, but what did you average, like 28 minutes over the playoffs? 28, which is, 28 in, yeah. Which is insane considering we, we, we played so many games, right, in game sevens. And so you get to the finals, like, A, how's the body? Like, how are you feeling at that point? Because I know I was tired, and I was not playing 28 minutes a night. As a team, we were pretty lucky that nobody really got hurt. I mean, Horty did get hurt, but I think other than, other than that, we were pretty healthy for playing that many games. And I felt actually uh, pretty good, I have to say. It was just like you're in a daze. You play hockey, you go home, you sleep, you eat, and you go back to the rink. And you're just trained over those two months to play every second day. And uh, to perform, you just have a mindset at that point. And uh, it was no different going into game seven. I know it was a five o'clock game, I think. So we had a day to relax. It was a nice day in Vancouver. We took our walks along the water. But I think everybody was, it was just like a, a certain calmness uh, in our team. Everybody was focused and ready to go and excited to play, being able to play on stage like we did uh, at that point. And to be honest, I felt good. I felt uh, ready to go. And, and somehow I, I wasn't as banged up as people would think. But um, I also enjoyed playing that many minutes. And Looking back, I'm like, how did I do that? Because uh, the following years, I never got back to that point. <laughs> um, again, it was uh, we were just all in the zone, I think, as a team, and and it was just great to be part of it. You know, you play big minutes, and I know that you're you're not just you know picking weights up and putting them down like we used to bug you. You're also taking care of nutrition and recovery and stuff. So. What's the story? Like, how do you get your body kind of recovered? You know, the guys always made fun of me about my protein shakes. <laughs> you, you did have a few of those. You had a few of those, yeah. 
I took my protein shakes pretty regularly. I took them with me on the road, and uh, so I was just prepared that way. So, and everything else, I ate like nutrition-wise, I ate everything in moderation. There was nothing I ever cut out of my diet or or went crazy on. I was always pretty pretty normal, eating healthy. Um, so it, was, it wasn't anything special, but I always had my protein shakes. <laughs> well, in moderation is the best diet. I'll, I'll attest to that as well. <laughs> So we get into game seven. Um, what's your playoff experience before that? Had you been in the playoffs before Boston? I was with the Flyers in the conference finals. Okay. Uh, game seven, game seven um, conference finals against Tampa Bay. Um, I was w- with the Carolina Hurricanes in the conference finals against Pittsburgh a couple of years before that. Um, so I, I, I've been to the playoffs three times. My first real experience was with Carolina, <clears throat> where we uh, beat you guys in Game Seven in the second round. Um, I'm sure you remember that. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but <laughs> just keep keep but, that to uh, yourself, sides. We're not. We're here to talk about 2011. All right. That was my first real experience of being part and playing a big role in, in the playoffs, and and it was just I remember being fun, more intense than anything else, and uh, I did play a big, pretty uh, big role. I had a lot of minutes at that uh, back then. Um, so again, it was just about adrenaline, um, playing simple physical hockey, and and that was that was my game, and I enjoyed that. In game seven, everybody in Germany's tuned in at some weird hour in the morning, probably. And did you have anybody in the stands? Like, did did people come to, come to watch in person? Yeah, my brother um, came to watch. He was he was in town for for the final series, I want to say. So he came and flew with uh, my wife Rebecca to to Vancouver. And uh, it was a great experience. I mean, uh, they got to experience the city of Boston, how they were cheering for us and, and, and how many people were pulling for us and, and just uh, the parties after the games and, and just uh, the crowded bars and all that stuff. So they had a lot of fun uh, being part of that. And what point in that game in Vancouver did you like allow yourself to just think like, wow, like we're actually going to do it? Like, what was that? What was that feeling like? And then And then like, what do you remember from that? that half hour, you know, of kind of like bliss. I think when Marshy scored to get uh, the empty netter, uh, it was a four nothing. I think a little bit before, but once he scored that empty netter, I think it was like, I can't believe it. We just, we're about to win the Stanley cup. And I, I remember guys being excited and kind of uh, fist pumping or not fist pumping, but uh, giving each other knuckles uh, and just being excited uh, for the game to end and then, and then party. But it was just a surreal feeling after uh, battling for two months straight every second day. I think our group had such a fun time doing it together. So we were just really excited for each other. And uh, I, I'm not a guy that remembers a whole lot. I, I know guys remember what, what was said in that game, doing that in a mission, uh, different speeches and all that stuff. I was so in the zone. I, I didn't want to, I wanted to forget what happened in the past. And I didn't want to think about the future. So I was so in the, in the zone that I don't remember a whole lot uh, what happened during that whole run. And uh, the same thing with the end of the game. I remember lifting the cup, just having a kind of an empty feeling, thinking when our next game was, because we were so trained for those two months. And, and, yeah, but yeah me, and, me and Quater covered this. It's called, be, it's called being a sociopath, Sides. We were all mentally ill for a couple months, and we, we probably had to recover from that. I just don't get how guys remember certain speeches. I just, I don't know because I have no idea. Do you remember you had two assists in game seven? 
Yeah, just only because I watched uh, the whole run again during quarantine last year. I, I got the Nesson channel down here somehow, and I ended up watching most of the games. So, so I do remember that. At what point did it kick in? Like in the summer, um, Cup Day is obviously awesome. Uh, Germany doesn't have a ton of Stanley Cup days. Did you take the cup back home, or no? You, were you in Jersey or what? Yeah. Um, I mean, it sunk in, I think, during the parade. It really sunk in when you saw a couple million people just cheering us on. And, and uh, that's where we really got to enjoy with the city of Boston and the fans. Um, and we just, that's when we saw how many people actually followed us and was cheer- were cheering for us. Uh, and then for the Cup Day, we took, or I took the Cup to, to New Jersey, where we spend our summers. The Cup came in the morning. Uh, we had planned to go out on the boat. Um, my father-in-law, he passed away a few years ago, but we took it out on the boat with the cameras and stuff to, to have a nice, uh, a nice story for the camera team. Uh, we got back to shore, Chris and our, uh, Chris and our kids in him in the cup, which was uh, a pretty cool timing for us to have the cup. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, after, after that, I think we all went home for a little rest. Um, during that point, I, the guys to take care of the cup, took it to, to Caesars. Um, because they, they were hosting the party at that point. And for a little thank you, um, we left in, in the entrance lobby for people to see and take pictures with. And then I, we, we gathered back together and had a party in one of the uh, ballrooms and just enjoyed ourselves. And uh, actually, to, to that party, I invited the, the championship team. I won the championship with in Germany back in 2000, 2000 or 2001. Oh, come on. Your old team came over? That's awesome. No, not the whole team, but probably, like, I want to say, 12 guys came. Most of them were, uh, or all of them were Canadians or Americans. But it was it was fun back then, winning with them. And, and uh, how many years? 10, 11, 12 years uh, later, those guys came to my cup party. That's cool. All right. All yeah. right. I like that. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, celebrations, uh, maybe we finish up here with some rapid fire a couple yeah, Ru- rapid fires so he's not going to know the foxwoods one uh, well, he, well that's he, what i was going to say he was drinking protein shakes at foxwoods yeah and he <laughs> says he doesn't re- he, and he doesn't remember any of the stories there's a lot of bud light sides the most we looked at the receipt and the most beer on the entire bill was bud lights and they just so happened to be a sponsor of the show so hey what a coincidence, just a coincidence yeah. but it was it's an actual fact <laughs> It's an actual fact. Alongside the the ridiculous champagne and all that, there was a ton of Bud Lights. Uh, you had a couple for sure. To be honest, I, I can't really remember, as uh, <laughs> as a lot of things I, I don't remember. But uh, I really don't. I, I know I like vodka soda if I want to go out a little bit. But uh, I'm, I was never a guy that went overboard or or lost control. So I was always. Uh, um, pretty, pretty controlled, weird, but yeah, I never really got too, too messed up. Are you super, sti- I can't remember. Did you have weird superstitions? No, you and me always warmed up at the same time across from each other in the hallway back then. Um, but it was always the same program, but it wasn't really a superstition. Yeah. It's just more of a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I wasn't a guy or a fan of superstitions because once you forget about something or you, you don't do your, your, your uh, regular moves or, or whatever you have uh, you're accustomed to and it messes you up so i wasn't really a big fan of having that kind of thing yeah i'm with you on there uh so 2011 obviously like you know you win game seven in vancouver that's one thing but like was there another victory that really stands out as just so satisfying you know whether personally or as a team obviously the the when the turnaround game against toronto that, that was another crazy uh crazy game 
Um, and then and a funny one, um, when Germany won the World Cup, I in soccer, I watched it, but I watched it as a fan. You, you, you don't really get excited when you play yourself because you're so focused, you know, in your, in your own sport. But I was watching that uh, the soccer tournament. I was so, I told my wife, I was like, you know what's weird? I was kind of happier watching the soccer team win the World Championship or World Cup than when I won the Stanley Cup myself. How weird is that? <laughs> that is because, pretty weird, actually. <laughs> you know, you, know you, get, you, get to pre- you get to have fun, you enjoy it. And when you play, you're so into it and you don't really um, appreciate it as much as you should when you do it. Uh, but that's what, that was a weird uh, experience for me, I want to say. And a great answer. Well, hopefully uh, 10 years later now, you're getting to appreciate it a little bit more with all of these uh, memories. And Dennis, uh, thanks so much for joining us and, and remembering uh, that awesome run. Thanks for having me, guys. And thank you for picking up the, the random FaceTime calls. Even though you're on the East Coast, <laughs> Pavely, I hope you're listening. Look at this. This is a guy with no excuses. That's all I got to say. Dennis Seidenberg, thanks so much. We'll be back to wrap up another episode of Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light right after this. The Pro Shop Powered by 47 at the Hub on Causeway is Bruins fans' one-stop shop to gear up for hockey season. Find the largest selection of authentic jerseys in the city, the latest in Bruins headwear from brands like 47, and even more exclusive black and gold merchandise. Visit the Pro Shop during your next visit to TD Garden or shop online anytime at bostonproshop.com. And we're back to wrap up another episode of Cue the Memories presented by Bud Light Fair. Um, I think what stands out to me there about sides is, you know, you talked about how even keel he was, but, you know, he sort of let that loose in game three and game four of the cup final because Vancouver brought that out of everybody, right? And that's that's what I remember again about that series is wanting to jump through the TV myself. So I can only imagine you guys on the ice how difficult it was to compose yourselves at times and uh, even he got tangled up a couple times during that series i don't know if i'm just a weirdo but the first thing that kind of came to my mind when you you kind of said that and then i was thinking about our conversation is i picture sides like if i had to equate him to some cowboy <laughs> stay with me stay with me russo <laughs> okay he'd be, he'd be like a cowboy like riding out west like herding up his cattle like super cool with like the straw hanging out of his mouth nothing could bother him and like literally like even kill dude but the, the Canucks were like that little burr in his saddle, right? That just kind of made him grimace like that little bit and got him like just a little bit fired up. You wouldn't really know it unless you really knew him really well because he wouldn't show it. But um, yeah, the, he had a burr in his saddle, that that series. And I don't know, that, that was a really horrible analogy, but I bet you could kind of picture it, right? You could picture him. As like I, the, the, I liked it. I could. I was getting there with you. I could, I could see what you were going for. I there. needed something else to finish it off, but uh, super stoic, super tough. Nothing could rattle him, uh, but things could, like, you know, piss him off just a little bit and look out if they do. And I kind of joke about it, but, like, he legitimately will answer every text thread that gets sent out by the group or pick up a FaceTime call or, like, he, he's just a super loyal guy. And, and, and somebody, like, if, if you have him as a friend, you know we'll, we'll always be a friend. Uh, so great dude. Another great dude. Hey, it just seems like an ongoing thing. Absolutely. Well, that's what I was going to say. Everyone remembers you guys, the big, tough 2011 Bruins, but you guys are pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. Great guys. We're all right. Absolutely. More of those great guys are coming up on Cue the Memories as we go along. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy.